Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Justine. I didn't see you there because it's a podcast. Um, I'm sorry. I've been wanting to do that joke. Hey, carry on. <laughs> Ashley's sick, so making her laugh is bad. <laughs> it is very bad. I'm sorry. Though not as bad as Wednesday when my throat felt like I had like the entire Iron Throne shoved down it. So, yeah, we're Ooh. at a better we're at a better stage of sickness. Yeah, uh, recovery even. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, there's stuffy nose still. There's mm-hmm. a cough still. And you got this sickness. You acquired it when you were in New York. Yes, yes. We're blaming New York. Mostly, I blame Sam because I was not sick. I was <laughs> fine. I was <laughs> happily going about my business, and then all of a sudden. Saturday, we get on a plane. Sam had been feeling bad for the last couple of days. We get on the plane, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I have a cough. Mm. And I'm like, Mm. this is your fault. And then I ended up getting it way worse than him. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Husbands. So, wow, via the magic of our schedule, you've been in New York, and I've been in Massachusetts. Happy East Coast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We did not plan a rest We didn't day. plan. <laughs> Hence why we're late. We won't be late, officially. We do need to podcast more. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have a job, right? Well, I do, technically, but it's a short one. We could do this every day. Okay, well, if you're rambling, go on and tell the peeps what we're about, what we're doing. This is a podcast where I am constantly ill. <laughs> True. <laughs> Sorry. Not from just what is happening on screen, but what is happening off screen. You know, I just brought that parallel round circle. Uh Hey, uh you know what? I just did a plot point and then a plot finish better than Game of Thrones did. (laughs) Shade. Shame bell that shit. Uh, But yeah, we we give shade to Game of Thrones. We talk about mostly rom-coms and, you know, and disgusted by them mostly. I mean, there are some good rom-coms. We're just kind of stuck in some years where it's just like, huh. I'm on the negativity train because, you know, I didn't get any fulfillment from a television show that we've been watching <laughs> for a decade. And, you know, and then I had to watch this movie. I'm sorry. Wow. I thought you would like this movie. Okay. Well, uh, today we are discussing 2003's Something's Gotta Give. It's another movie where I can't remember the title of it, and everybody I tell it to thinks we're watching a completely different movie. Yeah, I thought this was the movie with uh, Alec Baldwin in it. Mm-hmm. You're not the only one. <laughs> so here's the uh, IMDb description. A swinger on the cusp of being a senior citizen with a taste for young women falls in love with an accomplished woman closer to his age. What? I mean... I relate. <laughs> but what he wasn't a swinger. He was non-committal. That's he was not, not like a swinger. A, right. He's he's one of those commitment phobe trope. This is like He's not a, they used right. a word that they did not know. You keep on using that word. Do not think it means what you think it means. Princess bride. Uh yeah, we're going to get into it real quick but we're gonna give all of the background information on it first because we are technical people in the film arts so let's 
give props to those to those who to those <laughs> who have fallen? come before us. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. they've come before us. Yes, they have. They certainly have. Okay, so this movie stars Jack Nicholson, who we previously watched in As Good As It Gets, which I did not like. I have no memory of. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember. It also stars Diane Keaton, who we previously watched in Annie Hall, Manhattan, and Father of the Bride. And making his cutaways debut, right? Beautiful human. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. We love Keanu. I love Keanu. Yes. Best best thing of the movie. Best. (laughs) Best best person on this planet. Yep. Yep. Did you watch the puppy video with him in it like that came out this weekend? Oh no! I saw it recommended to me, but I have not clicked on it yet. You should definitely like watch that. Yeah, we should post it on our blanket fort. Yes, we should. Heck yeah! Keanu's been in the news a lot lately for being a wonderful human, still making movies. He is going to be in a Netflix rom com resurgence movie this month. I am going to watch that shit. <laughs> me too. Can we watch it? To- can we have a slumber party and watch it together? Because the trailer. Made me so happy. Like, it's so, so happy. And he's not even in the trailer for the majority of, like, like it. And you're like, oh, these two cute little Asian people are going to get together and it's going to be adorable. And then you're like, oh, Keanu Reeves is in this movie. Why is Keanu Reeves in this movie? Ali Wong, why is Keanu Reeves in this movie? Oh, my God. He's a love interest. Oh, my God. And then he says, yes. I've missed your flesh. And I'm like, that's the Ugh. most Keanu thing you have ever said. And I am here for it. Yeah. So Totes recommending Always Be My Maybe. Coming to Netflix. Haven't seen it yet, but totally recommending it. Totally recommending it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this movie was directed by Nancy Myers, who also directed What Women Want. <laughs> And she wrote this movie, and she also wrote Father the Bride. And this movie was edited by Joe Hutching, and he edited Jerry Maguire. (laughs) Another movie I don't remember. You don't remember Jerry Maguire? I'm just, you know, sticking with the theme that Jerry Maguire is the worst, so why would I remember it? Oof. Go back to that episode. Yeah, all the movies we mentioned are movies that we've watched before. We have previous episodes on. You should check them out. And we've only liked one. Yeah, we did not know what was happening to us. Anyway, this uh, movie also had an additional film editor, Stephen A. Rotter, who edited What Women Want and America's Sweethearts. The editorial team consists of Keith Brockman as an assistant editor, Richard Conkling as an assistant editor who was the second assistant editor for Jerry Maguire, Mark Persley as an assistant editor, David Gray, who is the assistant editor in New York, David Billow, the apprentice editor, and Ken Gales. Round it in as your avid tech for this evening. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a baseball line. <laughs> I was going to go for like a wrestling matchup. Like, <laughs> and here he is. Your Ken, man. Ken, Ken, Ken. Scales, scales, scales. <laughs> He's going to put the video in avid. Ooh. Wow. Get your tech on. 
Uh, yeah, this movie is two hours and eight minutes. Why, God, why? It's rated PG-13 for sexual content, brief nudity, and strong language. It has a 6.7 out of 10 IMDb rating and a 66 meta score. Now on to the awards, shall we? Sure. At the 2004 Golden Globe Awards, Diane Keaton won Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical, and Jack Nicholson was nominated for Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Comedy or Musical. Is she because she got naked? Mm, possibly. <laughs> they were like, wow, a woman over 30 got naked and had sex and enjoyed it. And <laughs> Well, no, got naked on screen. Yeah, there's full frontal Diane Keaton in this movie. Yep. At the 2004 Academy Awards, Diane Keaton was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role, but did not win. That is all the information I have on this movie. I can't remember the name of it again. Something's got to give. <laughs> you want to talk about it? I want to talk about Keanu Reeves' hair. He's also a perfect man. You know, he just plays a perfect man in this movie. Because he is a perfect man. He's just playing himself. <laughs> He's just... That man has had to go through so much shit in his life mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. he deserves all the happiness that can be bestowed on someone. Just mm -hmm. sending him so much love. Yeah, it's starting to be ridiculous where A, Keanu is single in a movie and B, is not chosen. <laughs> right? I'm like, you got, you got Keanu. Right there. He wants you. All he does. He does nothing else but save people's lives and be devoted to you. <laughs> and have good hair. Like, excellent hair. Like, fucking Bill and Ted excellent hair. I'm sorry. I really love Keanu Reeves. I don't think that I've made sure that is well aware in this podcast. I think you have. Okay. <laughs> Can I ask you, what did you think of the rest of the movie? Oh, it was terrible terrible see i'm going to go back to this i thought you would like this movie because it has your hallmark needs of old people elderly old people getting it on falling in love the lives there's lives for you when you're 60 i feel like i would have a better reaction to this if it wasn't jack nicholson yes i have this notion that jack nicholson is just an evil person because he was who I grew up with as the Joker. So right, it's yeah. like, I he was kind of Joker in this movie. Yeah. And I couldn't, I can't like remove that from mm -hmm. my brain. I'm like, and I understand that that is like a very intense bias that is really down to me and mm -hmm. me alone. But yeah, like I really want, I really did want to like the movie. I really wanted to like, really like the old people storyline, but I was also like, girl, you got Keanu Reeves like over here <laughs> loving, loving on you and mm -hmm. treating you with respect as an older woman. Mm -hmm. And then you have this douchebag over here who like was like, oh, you would just be a perfect wife. Mm -hmm. Like, but that's not who she is. Like, I just never felt like yeah. Jack Nicholson fell in love with the person who she is. He just fell in love with the person that saved his life. Yeah, I feel even in like the early dinner scenes, 
I have no idea why these women continue to give this man like the time of day when he was just kind of like rude when he's just like I want to go and they're like no 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 we'll be kind we'll be nice you know we'll do whatever you stay and I'm just like why why are you bending backwards to make this stranger in your life happy yeah I did not understand that that's a main plot through like the majority of the movie because he didn't have to stay there. He could have... Yeah. S- and I don't understand why a doctor would be like, you have to stay nearby, except for maybe to get into Diane Keaton's pants. But also, we didn't have, like, manipulative Keanu, so it's not like we knew that that's what he was going for. But it just felt so odd that it's just like, oh, this random stranger had a heart attack in my house, and now he owns it. Yeah, and you know, he was rich enough to... This is the Hamptons. You can get a hotel, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just stay in the fucking hospital or like find a what with like a rehab center. Yeah, Diane Keaton's character was just seemed pressured to be bowled over a lot by people. Yeah. I feel like I'm constantly coming up against like Nancy Myers' like white feminism. Is <laughs> where it's like I like the movie and I don't like the movie. I do and I don't. I definitely don't like images of rich white people wearing all white running on the beach together. (laughs) Yeah. I just didn't understand why this specific story had to be told. I think it borrows very heavily from Nora Ephron movies. Yeah, that's a Nancy Myers staple, though. Gosh, it was stealing from When Harry Met Sally and it definitely stole from You've Got Mail. Yeah, hardcore stole from You've Got Mail. None of it, like, it just kind of all felt like, not that it existed in a bubble, because that, that's part of it, too, is it was in a bubble of their own making, but mm-hmm. it just all felt very strangely unconnected. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have any driving force through the movie that I connected with. I will say that Nancy Meyers' daughter made a movie with uh, Reese Witherspoon called Home Again, which I'd covered with Amanda on Celluloid Ceiling, which is very similar because Reese Witherspoon dating three younger men. <laughs> not not all three. One and a half. <laughs> Where she's like, I'm divorced. And these three dudes are like, hey. <laughs> and she's just like, what? What? And I'm like, you're Reese Witherspoon. Come on, get it, girl. I don't know. There's something within that family to explore this <laughs> story. Definitely. Well, and it also felt like it was kind of stealing from The Graduate a little bit, but like gender reverse. What's that movie with Jennifer Aniston that's based, like it's supposed to be the sequel to The Graduate? Like, oh, The Graduate was based on like my grandma's life experience or whatever. And then like she ends up dating the guy, the guy who's like Kevin Costner. Yeah, I've heard of this. It's like that. Like that's what it reminded me of. Like it reminded me of a lot of different movies that just kind of never mixed well together. I don't know. I feel like going into this, both like Nancy Myers and Jack Nicholson, based off the movies that we've previously watched on this podcast, have not had a good track record with me with like as good as it gets and what women want. It's just these like macho dude storylines that have to be like turned around, you know, like, ugh. but it's just like, why? And it almost feels like you're writing yourself like you don't understand the viewpoint of men. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like the criticism that men always get about writing women is, is Nancy Myers just doesn't necessarily understand men, which is really weird for me because one of my favorite movies is a Nancy Myers movie because of how well the, the relationship work in it. And it's just funny and kind of easy to watch. I just don't quite understand where all the, like if it comes from her or if it comes from the studio system that she's working inside of. Or if it comes mm-hmm. from Jack Nicholson or if it cut co- like because I also kind of felt like Jack Nicholson kind of phoned it in. Like I didn't necessarily feel like he was actually relatively great performance wise. And Diane Keaton kind of came over the top every so often for me. There's connective tissue that is missing here for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it was like an hour shorter, it would be better. Or if they just cut the Keanu character all out together. Not yeah. that I would, I don't want that because I feel like no. he was he was the best of the movie. He didn't have much to do, but what he did have, he brought, you know, a presence to the yeah. film. Oh my God. It's like, I want people just to watch it be like, just watch Keanu just like, just showing up and just adoring this woman and just being like, I have nothing in life but my devotion to you. And I'm like, ah. Keanu can do anything. Just give, like, don't murder his puppy. Like, just don't do it because he's beautiful and gorgeous and just leave him alone. (laughs) Keanu, he can do whatever he wants. I barely remember the beginning. Well, this movie, since it's 2003, starts with that lovely classic song from Crazy Town. (laughs) Come, my lady. Come, 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 my, my lady. lady. You're my butterfly. <laughs> Sugar. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's featuring shots of beautiful women in New York hailing cabs and whatnot. And we get this Jack Nicholson narration for, I don't know why, just saying, young women are hot and I've been dating them for over 40 years. And you're like, yay. <laughs> cool. Also, okay. Why? If we're going with stereotypical, like, woman dating the older man, hoping that he's going to die for his money. Why are the women dating him? Yes. Yeah, unclear. I mean, in the in the movie, Marin says that he's interesting. I don't think I don't I've know. ever dated somebody based on, like, well, yeah, they're interesting. Sorry, that was really stereotypical, but... I don't know. I I I know that there's like a like a clear contractual like we're gonna bang. It's not a serious thing. That's fine. Just didn't it, just didn't it for the hookups, which is fine. But I mean, like you can find a lot of people who could do. That. I mean, <laughs> I it's not like he's George Clooney. Ah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh man! Now I'm like having to choose between George Clooney and Keanu Reeves. You got a movie now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that movie makes sense. Or if it was uh, like Tom Hanks now. Silver Silver Fox Tom Hanks. Yeah. Playing his uh you've got male character who's kind of like mm-hmm. snarky but also kind of like lovey dovey. Hmm. I mean, if we're gonna rip off Nora Ephron movies, why not just rip them right off? Yeah, go all the way, Nancy yeah. Myers. Okay, I will say that this movie jumped into the action right away. I liked that. Like, I liked that we didn't have to have, like, this whole build-up explaining who this man was. Because that was a big complaint for what women want. Like, we Mm -hmm. had this whole montage that we did not need. Yeah, it was just that really quick 
credit sequence and then we're in the car with Harry, which is Jack's character, and Marin, played by Amanda Peet, and they're already going to the their summer her parents' summer home in the Hamptons. As one does. Yeah, now you, that's how you know it's a Nancy Myers movie. <laughs> they do make a comment about how she says, you would not want to meet my mother. She's not your type. She's over 30. <laughs> and he's like, I am a player. Uh, stuff like that. Just so we really know the situation and characters. Yeah. But they are there at the summer home to bang it out. That is their goal. Did you expect Diane Keaton walking in on them when they first go into the the Um, house i think so i called it as soon as he brought her up in the car yeah yeah so diane keaton who plays erica and francis mcdormand as aunt zoe show up who is also the best character to ever wield a knife (laughs) it comes to this point where he's like okay i'm gonna leave and then they're like no 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 we can all stay we can all share the house for the weekend like why thus begins conceding to whatever he wants like for no reason and plus also it's like she knows her daughter is banging this guy and she's just like totally cool with it she's a cool mom i don't know (laughs) she's amy poehler i'm a cool mom guys (laughs) right She's like, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt your sexcapade in my house. Please continue. Do you need something? A condom, maybe? <laughs> got some birth control here. I got No, she would not. She's menopausal. She doesn't have <laughs> She would have lubricant. Oh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah, weird. Also, Erica hates rap, which is important because Harry manages a rap record label already they're like "Ooh, we don't get along we're, we're so opposites. different we'll never fall in love <laughs> rom-coms <laughs> yup also erica is a playwright and she's writing a play which is basically an autobiography about an uptight playwright <laughs> isn't that the truth about every writer in every movie they're always writing yes. something about themselves i love it when screenwriters write screenwriters <laughs> So they all have dinner together. They talk about Harry being a famous bachelor. And I love this. Like, Francis lays it all out. Like, they write articles about you. You fucking do nothing but sleep around. Whereas my wonderful sister is divorced. But because of that, has become wonderfully productive and is great and is interesting. And nobody's writing articles about her. And Erica fucking hates this. She's just like, why Why do I have to defend myself? Why? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't say these things about me. I just want to be alone and a spinster. <laughs> She's me. What? I don't want people to talk about my accomplishments around me. Like, <sighs> well, That's true, but they aren't based off of your lack of marital status. Oh, no. But technically hers wouldn't be either if she was a real character. They are saying that this man gets praised because of his lack of marital status, whereas she is not, even though she's in the same boat, she, she's not married. Yeah, that's true. I really feel like this movie was written about George Clooney now. <laughs> Nancy Myers, come on the pod. <laughs> so Marin and Harry go off to have sex, but then he has his heart attack. So then he gets brought into the hospital where we meet a sexy Keanu doctor. 
which is his full name in this movie. Yes, 100%. And so we've got this hilarious scene of sexy Keanu doctor asking Harry in front of everybody, did you take Viagra this evening? Because I can't give you this medication. It will kill you. And then he's like, yes. And he rips out the IV. I wonder if that's true, if it'll actually kill you, if the doctors just tell you that because they know that older men have taken Viagra that are just not wanting to admit it. That they're not listing their full medication history. Yeah. Possible. I don't know. Okay, so then sexy Keanu Doctor saves his life, and then sexy Keanu Doctor is sexy, is in my notes. Walks in a room. And says, Erica, I love your work. Like, that's how he talks in the whole movie, right? He talks in his Keanu voice. Whoa, are you Erica? I've read all your plays. Whoa. Have you ever seen The Matrix? <laughs> I did all my own stunts. And I love puppies. <laughs> oh my god. So like Marin and Zoe are like, Erica, you totes have to hit that. And she's just like, what? What? He's 20 years younger than me. He's not interested in me. And they're like, um, he didn't make eye contact or look at anything else in the room, girl. You, you, you gotta bang him. <laughs> Get that good young D. Yes. He is at his sexual prime right now. And girl, so are you. Girl. 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 Honey. Get it. Get it. Get on it. Go. Mm-hmm. Now. Ride that D. <laughs> In this hospital. Right, right now. now. There are beds everywhere. <laughs> Show that man how it is done. Teach him a thing or two. <laughs> Girl. Erica. Do you imagine her daughter and her sister saying this to her? Erica. But then we all lose our lady boners because we see Jack Nicholson's butt and then we see it more. Man, there are a lot of shots of Jack Nicholson's bear behind. Why? <laughs> there are so many. You kept cutting back to it. He's like, I want this Oscar. It's <laughs> like, that's not how you get an Oscar. No. <laughs> and then your favorite other person in this movie shows up. John Favreau? That's right. Happy Hogan, what are you doing in this movie? <laughs> he got lost. You're same character though. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you know, five years too early. Maybe this is how he got the role as a what did you call him, rich guy's assistant? As this rich guy's assistant, yeah. <laughs> but he directed the Iron Man movie, so he just gave that role to himself. It's like I've done this. I've got experience. I mean, at least he like fell up. Robert yes. Downey Jr. is miles ahead of Jack Nicholson <laughs> in terms of like character development and depth and yeah. commitment phobia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is Iron Man the sequel to this movie? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> we always marvelize these movies. <laughs> I really like the idea of this movie turning into Iron Man. Keanu's middle name is Charles. And he was born in Beirut. That I knew. He also lives like really close to you. <gasps> really? He lives in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, that's not really close. That's closer than me. Uh, okay. He lives closer to me than he does to you. Yes. That's how I base it off of like <laughs> the distance. But we're not 
But we're not neighbors. <laughs> no, we're not anymore. Oh my god, had to throw in the anymore. <laughs> so as we talked about earlier, the family is there when Harry gets checked out. Why? I don't know. And he faints. And then Keanu suggests to everyone that he stays nearby, possibly with friends, possibly with these strangers standing right here. <laughs> Never going to a hospital just in case this happens. Here's a, here's a random guy that just had a heart attack. He's your burden now. Yep. If he dies, it's on you. <laughs> like, what a way to waste your health insurance. So he moves in. And then all Marin is like, peace out. And so, like, all of his assistants are bustling about, and Erica is annoyed. She needs to find her Zen place so she can write. So she goes to yell at him, and then they just talk about things that they have in common, as you do in rom coms. I don't even remember what they were, but just that's what happened. She's like, you're too loud, but I like this and that. Oh, me too. Ha 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 ha. Rich white lady laugh. <laughs> Rom-com. <laughs> you, you look like a woman eating salad. <laughs> Me? How did the salad get here? <laughs> I guess I have to eat it now. That's so funny. <laughs> I don't normally need to take in calories because I'm in a rom-com. <laughs> oh, and then she gets naked in the movie <laughs> okay what was this okay her uh -huh. bathroom was like a house length away and so she takes off a piece of clothing i'm like yeah if you're getting sexy you take off a piece of clothing while you're walking to the bedroom and like you leave it for like little breadcrumbs for your yeah. significant other to find but she was leaving a trail of her clothes which it would seem not like her as a very uptight organized person yeah those clothes would be going in the hamper right away. And you would take them off in the bathroom. No, yeah. Keep describing what happened. So, yeah, she takes off, like, one piece of clothing. And as we're, like, cameraing along, she takes off her bra. And then he was, like, all of a sudden in the hallway and sees her butt naked with her boobies hanging out. And, yeah, that's it. She screams and then runs into the bathroom. And I'm like, girl, why? Girl, why are you doing this? And then he mm -hmm. says he saw her, did he say titties? Yeah, she saw your tits. Yeah. And then she slams the door on him. He's like, I was just looking for the kitchen. And it's like, <laughs> boy, what? You just had a heart attack. <laughs> You're going to get another one. Well, this lets him bring up this situation with sexy Keanu doctor, which leads to a very two personal discussion between them for being doctor patient <laughs> about Erica being I was very confused <laughs> yeah I'm like what is happening it also was like this scene was shot in addition like in during additional photography because that was not the same hospital or like the same examination room he looked like he was like a sports physician examining mm. him I'm like what is this? Yeah, Dr. Sexy Keanu has all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, for a cardiologist, that's, like, a lot. Also, he was never in scrubs, which kind of bothered me. Yeah, let's get him in scrubs. Let's take off. I have been watching way too much Grey's Anatomy. Hey, man, remember that last podcast where we were really thirsty for you and McGregor? 
Welcome to this podcast. <laughs> what are you picturing? A, <laughs> a gay porn with Ewan McGregor and Keanu Reeves. Totally on brand with us. But picture it. I'm always like, Ashley, why you gotta do this to me when I'm recording? <laughs> just picture them, you know, just nuzzling against each other, you know, some gentle kisses. It's like Brokeback Mountain, but Wait, better. Do they do they both have beards in this scenario? Yes, if we're going with Keanu and Ewan now. <laughs> they stroke uh, each other's beard. Oh my god. <laughs> We don't even need them to be like naked at all. It's just no. like we just need heavy petting. That's all we yeah. need. Just like men being affectionate is sexy. Yeah. You know? Because like the opposite of that is just like cold, man, no feelings. But any sort of like softness, you're just like, ah, that does it for us. <laughs> I've had like a lot of like Ryan Reynolds feels lately because of Detective Pikachu. I was just like, damn, he works, he looks good as a Pikachu. Uh, i gotta see that so in the movie uh jack nicholson asks keanu reeves about if he can use his dick again real soon and keanu's like well once you can climb a flight of stairs you can bone he was (laughs) so nice about it i was like keanu you just want this old man to have his happiness (laughs) Uh, so he tries climbing stairs, but he cannot. But then sexy Keanu doctor is making house calls because he wants to see Erica and he loves her so much. It's ridiculous. But then he does the sexiest thing as sexy Keanu doctor. He takes out his little prescription notepad and he prescribes her a date with him. <laughs> it was so cute. It was so wasted. <laughs> I know. So wasted. Why did Keanu get a nomination at the Golden Globes? Yeah. We need a write-in vote right now. Fix it. 10 years later. Mm. 15 years later. Holy shit, mm-hmm. we're old. So, because like I feel like since Harry was hanging out with Keanu and Keanu was so in love with Erica, Harry now is interested in Erica. Yeah, it's like, like, I smell another man's scent on this woman, and now I must rub my butt on it. Yeah, because first, he didn't even know her name. And then Keanu said who she was and what she's done, and so Harry, like, Googles her. And so they have a conversation where he's like, hey, I know who you are. I'm a decent human. She's like, great. What's up with you dating all these young women? He's like, I like to travel late. Yeah, <laughs> don't even know what that means. I don't know. And then sexy Keanu doctor shows up for his date. He hot and yes. And Harry's got the lonely night to himself, thinking about himself as being old. And then he falls asleep in her bed. Yeah, looking at pictures of her. Because why? Mm, I don't know. Why would you leave a stranger in your house all by himself? So on our date with Keanu, sexy Keanu doctor, we learn that he's 36 and pretty much he's like, you know, women think I'm a catch because I'm, you know, single, I'm married, I'm a doctor. Yeah. And he tells her how special she is. And she's like, I'm too old. And he like sexy kisses her neck and goes, you're incredibly sexy. (laughs) 
And you're just like, why Diane Keaton? Just get over it. Just, just bang this boy man. Kim. So then later that night, Harry IMs Erica. And so the movie sharp turned into being a Nora Ephron movie. Tried. Tried to be a Nora Ephron movie. They have a little pajama party together. And he asks her if she misses being married. And she says, well, it gets lonely at night, you know. You're going to sleep in the middle of the bed. I've gotten so used to sleeping with people and just doing things with someone. And then he calls her a tower of strength. And she says, I can't decide if you hate me or if you're the only person who ever got me. And he goes, I don't hate you. And then Marin comes home and interrupts the moment, acting like a teenager. Which, why did he message her? Why did Harry call Marin and say, I miss you? Yeah. I, I think it's it, when he was just feeling very old and lonely and, you know, Erica went out on her date with young doctor. Oh, which also Harry keeps being like, what's the difference between me dating young ladies when you're with this young, sexy Keanu doctor? Hmm? Well, if we want to get into the sociopolitical aspects of what makes it different... Let me break it down for you. Historically, men have taken younger women to the point of buying them from other countries and forcing them to have their babies because their old sperm is dying. And so they spread it all out into the wild where they forget about the older generation population of women who are now alone and have to take care of these grandchildren all by their lonesome. And aren't getting any anymore because they are not viewed as attractive because they are now, quote unquote, barren and unusable. So it all comes back to, according to Freud, childbearing. Uh, I can't I'm like, oh, God, we're going to get into being a quote unquote woman is the status of your uterus. I mean, yes, unfortunately, that is what we typically are reduced to on what either goes in or it comes out of our vaginas. I also want to make an asterisk saying that this podcast knows and understands that not all women have uteruses or vaginas. <laughs> uteri. Uteri. No, I was like, in, you saw in my head, I was like, do I say uteri in this <laughs> sentence? Octopi. <laughs> yes, no, we totally understand that. We're talking about it based on our experience as women with uteruses <laughs> and how we feel you know when, especially when you constantly are berated by things in the news like how your worth is like you are not allowed to choose really anything that happens to your body or be prosecuted like even if you have a miscarriage like how fucked up is that bullshit mm-hmm. that's where we're coming from a place of depression <laughs> and sadness <laughs> That's where we come from for everything on this <laughs> podcast. That's like Ashley and I's MO. <laughs> but we bring it with a very cheery package. Yeah, slumber <laughs> party. Let's talk about our feelings and imagine all this gay porn. Sorry, what? <laughs> <sighs> so the next day, Marin says to her mom, I'm breaking up with Harry. I've totally met somebody else. Blah, 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 blah. And then she says, you take him. Funny idea. Why don't you just hook up with this guy who's living in your house? Okay. Okay, Nothing bad's going to happen. Just do it. You take him. He's interesting. 
Yeah, okay. Then Keanu calls and asks for another date for Friday. Keep that in the back pocket of your brain. Then we have like this montage kind of date with Erica and Harry on the beach. They get caught in the rain and then the power goes out. And then like candles and then he kisses her. And it's the notebook. Oh, wow. And then he says, okay, he gets a boner. And then they acknowledge that he got a boner. And then he says, like, the stupidest thing. Kiss me before you make it go away. She made that happen. So she's not going to make yeah. it go away. Yeah. But he's also being like, you talking is just going to make me lose my boner. So shut the fuck up and get on it. That's how I feel like is Harry's character. That Yeah, I get that. And then, okay. Then we get this sex scene, which I'm into because fucking little miss... Erica gets a little kinky. She got some secret kink to her for this older older gal. And I appreciate her. <laughs> she also had a fantastic bra. I mean, it was elegant. It was... It was elegant nice. and sexy and yet not, like, understated and, like, old. It was, right. like, beautiful and it gave nice support. That's important. She demands that he take a pair of scissors and cut the shirt off of her. I was very afraid that the scissors were going to stab somebody and this was going to turn <laughs> into a, like a comedic moment. I was kind of happy that I was wrong, but mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I liked the, the cutting off of the sweater, even though it wasted a really perfectly good sweater. Yeah. I can tell that she's like a uh, Sally Albright when Harry met Sally has a sexual fantasy of getting her clothes ripped off of her. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which I mean, don't we all in some fashion in some fashion if you're into that really like passionate like i want him to want me so bad he has to have me right now and yeah. nothing can come between us yeah yeah so if glad our parents don't listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> my oh, cousin wait. listens to this shout out uh Kristen. hey hey <laughs> don't mind me i'm just texting my husband Hi. <laughs> hey, boo. <laughs> hey, boo, I know I'm sick. <laughs> okay, so all's, right after that, she's just like, oh, we have to check your blood pressure. And then he's all good. So it's all good. So they do the do. And then post-coital, she starts crying. She's having this epiphany of like, I never thought this would ever happen for me again because I'm a old spinster woman, you know, like. Men don't love me. Yeah, never thought I'd be getting down. And then he starts crying. But he's just happy he didn't have a heart attack and die. <laughs> As you do. Now he says, you know, I'm not good at being monogamous. And she goes, please, I hardly know you. So at this point, it's established that they're easy breezy. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're having fun. We did a thing. It's cool. Maybe we could hit that later. You know, maybe in Paris, if we still know each other, we'll go to Paris. Cause as you do. Paris. He wants to go back to his room because he has established before that he doesn't like sleeping with people after he sleeps with them. And she's like, okay, I just want you to know that this was a great night for me. And he said, yeah. At one point, I even thought soulmates, which is a weird thing for him to say. You can't tell if he's being manipulative or not in this moment. Yeah. Uh, because he also, we know, has that habit of kind of telling women exactly what they want to hear. Yep. 
But then he does come back and he says, I would like to try sleeping with you. Because why not? So then the power comes back on in the morning and wakes them up. And oh, my God, they actually slept eight hours, which they never do. So in the morning, he's starting to feel dizzy. And she's just like, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. But don't tell him that we bang because I'm also dating your doctor. <laughs> oh, love triangle. <laughs> love triangle without really being a triangle. Yes. At the doctor's appointment, sexy Keanu doctor says, you're good to go back to the city. By the way, Erica's wonderful, isn't she? Yes, she is. And so Harry's like, um, is it possible to completely change your personality after a heart attack? And Keanu's like, yeah, some people, you know, once they get that feeling that they're going to die, just kind of start reevaluating things. And Harry's like, but do they eventually go back to being themselves? So at this point, Harry's worried that these feelings, like sleeping with someone after sleeping with them, is a side effect of having a near-death experience and that he will continue being a jerk after this. But will he? Rom-com says, no! <laughs> like we're all the price is right. <laughs> <laughs> And then we got this weird side plot where Marin is upset that her dad's getting married to this young woman. And then she has Erica come into the city and say, have dinner with us, making her miss her dinner with Keanu. Which she conveniently forgot about. Yeah. Because she doesn't love Keanu. I think that's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) There are problems with this movie. And that's the first one. (laughs) (laughs) accurate so as happenstance would have it in rom-com world the place that they go to dinner is also the same place that harry is going to have a date as well it's just like mrs doubtfire (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of so actually erica goes up to kind of confront harry i don't know she leaves but like looks at him so it was like in his eye line and then just kind of like runs away crying and he chases after her yeah and then she's like i love you but like really love you yeah and she's like do you know what that's like to feel something after having a 20-year marriage to like feel again she's like no and he's like well i don't know how to be a boyfriend and so she's so upset she gets a taxi and leaves. And then he has another heart attack. Except it's not. It's just stress. Or an anxiety attack. Yeah. So they said, what are you doing? You just had a heart attack last week. <laughs> and you're out here in the streets of New York. Breaking women's hearts. Go to bed. And then we get this montage of Erica just wailing and writing and wailing and sobbing and writing. It was a lot. For some reason, she IMs him. Yeah, or and no, did he IM her? I thought she IMed him and was just like, hey, what's up? And he's all like, not much you. I don't know. <laughs> he was going to type that he misses her, but then she's just like, oh, I'm just writing and writing and writing, but I'm about to go leave. Bye. And so he's just like, see ya. It was very weird. It was like, oh, we established this who's got mail situation, so we have to bring it back. 
So then, like, Marin later on catches her crying because she's been crying for days and days. And Marin's like, why are you crying? She's like, I'm in love. And then Marin's like, see, this is why I don't want a relationship. And then her mom's like, just like holds her face and is like, avoiding love is not the way to live. Go out there and feel things. Accurate. But then we have a scene. We have Zoe back. Yay. And then she's at the farmer's market. And guess what? She picks up at the farmer's market. Keanu. A sexy hot bag of Keanu. (laughs) Who has flowers. Oh, my goodness. I want to bring Keanu home from the farmer's market. Well, you have a better shot than I do because you live close to him. Okay, I'm going to the farmer's market every Sunday. (laughs) Just scouting that thing up and down. I'll see him be like, you, I want you and some strawberries (laughs) and a little vegan chocolate. On my body. Girl. (laughs) Girl, you, you, you are a liar. You do not do food times. (laughs) Not in your body, on your body. Do not make this about Cousin Ben. (laughs) I always bring it back to Cousin Ben. That woman died of sepsis <laughs> a week later because of the chocolate that went inside her for JJ, okay? I mean, is that better than dying for the French Revolution a week later? <laughs> I don't know. Not if you got to be in that play with the naked nuns. Wow. That was a movie. Okay. So all three of them have dinner, and then later on, Keanu is like, kiss me. I'm sexy Keanu. <laughs> and we're like, yes, you are. And so he gives her this big, long, saucy, sensual kiss and goes, I forgive you. And then like chases her to the bedroom. <laughs> Do you think Diane Keaton was like celebrating when she saw that this happened in the script and she found out that it was Keanu Reeves that she would be kissing? Oh, I'm sure she's a professional. So Erica finally finishes her play, which has been about everything that has happened to her. Obviously. And so Harry finds out about this because he goes on a date with someone auditioning for her play. And it's like, guess what? I'm totally playing this part. And this guy is a jackass who likes to date younger women and has a heart attack. And he's like, say, say fucking what? (laughs) So he goes to confront Erica and he's upset that she's making a mockery of him. And she's like, well, you didn't want to commit to this. And he's like, what's up with you broads? Why do you want all or nothing? And she's like, well, I guess women are crazy. (laughs) And she's like, well, let's be friends. And he's like, I don't want to be friends. Men and women can't be friends because this is when Harry met Sally now. And then he's confronted by the several dancing Henrys, Harrys, whatever. Yep. yep. And they're they're nudie butts. And he goes, I don't want to think about you so much. And I don't want to worry about how you are. And then he goes outside and he has another heart attack. But it's not. It's an anxiety attack. (laughs) So his doctor's like, why don't you... Go calm the fuck down someplace. <laughs> Go find an island and stay there. Yes. Stop please. stop mucking up my ER 
with your mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm. Exactly those words. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get six months later. Harry has a fake beard now, all a Game of Thrones. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, Erica's play is open. Um, he goes and checks it out a bit. He doesn't stay for the second act as... I don't think he watches very much of it. He just sees it and he's just like, it's about me, I'm leaving. Uh, he goes to see Marin and apologizes, but also Marin is married and preggers. She got busy fast. She got busy so fast. Girl, when she decided to settle, she settled. I mean, like, settle down, not just settle. <laughs> Straight down. She's like, baby. Down to business. Baby in me now. Put baby here in me. Put <laughs> baby in me now. Ring on this. Harry says to Marin, I want to see your mom. And he's like, and she's like, I think you should. But she's in Paris for her birthday. So he goes to Paris. He has lots of money, this man. Hey, he's got like 10 businesses. Well, he sold them all. He sold them all now in these six months, yes. So he he meets her at the restaurant that they previously discussed, and he tells her about how he changed his life. Basically, he pulled a high fidelity and went back to talk to all the exes about how he how fucked up he is. I still think that was a bad idea then, and it's a bad idea now. You have to be self-reflective. You don't need outward people telling you what you did wrong. You inherently mm. know what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. So, oh my goodness, Keanu is also there. So all three of them have dinner. Also, Keanu wearing a scarf <laughs> is my aesthetic. <laughs> As it should be. Okay, so at the end of dinner, Keanu pulls out a little box, a little present. Says, hey, I went to every shop and I got you this. Every shop in Paris. A little box. Which... Is code for a ring, perhaps? She never opens it. She does never open it. She never addresses it. It could be a cock ring, for all we know. Oh, my God. And we're continuing with the fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> she, I'm like, yeah, she would be into the sex toys. She, on the first, on the first yeah. fucking date, she was like, fucking take these scissors. Rip my shit off. Oh, yeah. They have. They've had six months together of fun, sexy bedroom times. They've had kinky sex. I don't think she regrets it for a minute. <laughs> Where was that movie? Yes. Oh. Green light that. <laughs> Especially while Keanu's hot right now. Mm-hmm. During this, Keanu's getting a little jealous because uh, them two old folks are flirting with each other. Right in front of his sexy face. Right in front of his goddamn sexy, hot man, the Matrix face. I know kung fu, asshole. Yes! (laughs) Oh, how this movie should have ended. 100%. Oh, my God. So they, they part ways. And Harry goes to a bridge and he starts crying and then exclaims, oh, look who gets to be the girl, which I vomited more. We are not defined by our gender stereotypical roles. Yeah, Harry. Then magic Paris snow. 
bonus points for it being Paris snow, not just magic snow. Yeah. Magic snow in Paris. Yeah. Double points. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like the double romantic comedy whammy. It's like Oprah came out and was like, you get snow and you get snow <laughs> and you in Paris, you get definite snow. <laughs> she comes back for him and he's like, well, what about we're sexy Keanu doctor? She's like, he's back at the hotel. He saw us together. He knew that I was still in love with you. So here I am. And he's like, the heart attack was easy to get over. You were something else. I'm in love for the first time in my life. <laughs> and big kiss. And then we see them later on. They've all become a family together with Marin and the baby. And he's, he's now holding a baby. That's how you know he's changed. The baby changed him. He saw a baby. Now he's he's a grandpa. The end. Tale as old as time. <laughs> True <laughs> as it could be. Barely even friends. Then somebody bends. Unexpectedly. Sexy <laughs> Perfect. We're going to judge the marketing of this film if you Google, uh, what's the name of something's got to give? First of all, bad marketing. I can never remember the name of this movie. Bad title. Something's got to give poster. Ooh, I like this Korean poster because it's got Keanu on there. <laughs> oh, see, that makes it look like Keanu is Jack Nicholson's son and then they're going to have like a family situation going on. It's a family situation. Yep. Kinda is a family situation. Look at this. Jack and Diane the on top of it. Jack and Diane is the big letters. <laughs> Why is that so big? A, a little ditty about Jack and Diane. Oh my goodness. Did you plan that? Are you friends with John Mellencamp? <laughs> Nancy Myers? Oh, they don't all have the giant Jack and Diane. Is there any with a tagline? So it's mostly a real close-up of Jack's face and Diane's face, sometimes including Keanu and Amanda Peet, sometimes not. Mostly not. Jack Nicholson is always wearing sunglasses. That's his trademark. This was a Christmas movie. Oh, I feel like the tagline would be like, give love a second shot. Like, that would be... The stereotypical one. No one's too old for love. Age is just a number, baby. Oh, I like that. That works. I think that works. Because I'm like, I want to find something that fits both him and her characters. A little ditty about Jack and Diane. (laughs) Why do you think it's called Something's Gotta Give? Well, I think it's implying that she has to lighten up a little bit. And that Jack has to, like, change his lifestyle or he's going to die. Sounds like every (laughs) rom-com. He's got to settle down. If you want to change, if you want to move forward, if you want to grow as a human. Something's got to give. Now we rate this movie. I give this movie two and a half French cheeses ordered in a Parisian store in the Hamptons for some reason. <laughs> in French. 
in French. That sounds about <laughs> right. I rate this movie two farmer's market eggs because they looked really cool, like sitting in their mm. own little thing. Like that had to be really expensive eggs for the pancakes. Oh, yes. For the pancakes that never happened. That should have happened. May we always remember. <laughs> yeah, we should just make a, a, a podcast about the food that doesn't get consumed in movies. <laughs> we really should. Are you ready for some mail, Justine? I love mail. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, mail. <laughs> Was I too excited? <laughs> you are not side excited enough. <gasps> I can't wait to hear what you have in our mailbag. <laughs> well, this review is entitled So Much Fun! Exclamation point! Ow! I just recently started listening to this podcast. Can't remember exactly what led me to it, and I really enjoy it. The hosts are a super fun dynamic and play off of each other really well. Even if I find myself disagreeing with some of their points, I smile and laugh more often than anything else. And listening to their banter helps me pass some of the more stressful final hours at work. That's what we're here for. Their style makes you feel like you're a part of the conversation. And hearing other people out there geek out about movies like this is awesome. Keep up the great work. Andy from the Fat Dude Digs Flicks podcast. Yeah, Andy, what is up, sir? Holla. Hi. Holla to you. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. That is too kind. That's very kind. Oh, it's also five stars. Five, five-ith stars. Next time on the podcast, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Because part- your pick. Well, and because and this was like a movie that I discovered by accident. Mm. And so I'm excited for it. I think it's fun. It's really kind of quirky and kind of dumb, but I feel like I appreciate it because it deals with books. <gasps> I'm sold. In a fashion. That's all I'm mm-hmm. going to say. Next Ooh. time next time we're watching 2003's Duplex. That's awesome. I know nothing about it. I don't know what's happening. There's books and I feel like we're going to have some money pit flashbacks. <gasps> Oh my god. You are you're talking this movie up. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> Just a little. Well, if you mm-hmm. want to hear that and if you like our podcast because why wouldn't you unless you're a Trump supporter? Why not become a patron? <laughs> yes, we are completely funded by our patrons right now. We love and appreciate them. I want to give a special shout out to one of our newer patrons that I we never got to shout out because of our hectic uh, recording schedule. Shout out to Adri of Akio Politics. Thank you so much for being a very special patron of ours. We love you. I like that right before that, I mentioned Trump supporters, and I feel like she would appreciate <laughs> that because your podcast is Akio Politics. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, well, you can support our podcast at patreon.com slash cutaways podcast where you will get all kinds of goodies. You can find all of this information and more at our website, thecutaways.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at cutaways podcast. There is also a Facebook group called the cutaways podcast blanket fort where we actually can interact with you because who knew that Facebook pages were awful? They used to not be. And then they became uh, Facebook. <laughs> Just Facebook. 
That's all you need to know. Facebook. Facebook. If you are so moved, please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Like Spotify. We're on there, too. Oh, yeah, Spotify. We thank everybody for listening to this episode and supporting us. And we love you. We love you. We love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Let's continue our talks of gay porn next week, shall we? We shall. <laughs> we need a new pair. Who knows? Leave the comments below. <laughs> Pick us a new pairing. And on that note, thanks for joining us in our blanket fort. Bye! Have you ever finished a book and wondered, what do I read next? Or wished that you were in a book club, but everyone you know says they don't have time to read? Maybe you enjoy audiobooks or are looking to try a new-to-you genre, author, or narrator. Hi, I'm Tamara, and I have a shelf addiction. I read books, listen to audiobooks, and I'm here to share with you the best of the best and to warn you off of the worst. I hope to open your mind to new and awesome books to feed your inner book nerd. I have a unique and honest perspective, and I look forward to talking books with you. From entertaining book chats and interviews to five-minute book reviews, there's something for every type of reader on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Subscribe for free on your podcatcher of choice by going to shelfaddiction.com forward slash podcast and you too can have a shelf addiction.